Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Attention Strictly Hoop Talk and Strictly Hip Hop listeners. Fans, you know I've been talking about this clothing line forever, but Anti-Forever USA is where you need to be to get dope clothes, man. I'm telling you, I just got a hoodie in the mail today. It is awesome. It is one of their premium uh, hoodies, and they have they have so much more, though, than hoodies. They have beanies. They have hats. They have long sleeves. They have t-shirts. They have everything and they got more stuff coming soon i was just told that they have more stuff coming soon so fans go to anti forever usa today and remember to use the special co- promo code platty to get 10 percent off your purchase that's p-l-a-t-t-e and make sure you know that the p is capital the link will be in the description of the podcast shop anti forever usa today anti forever usa.com Alright fans, hello and welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I'm your host Chris Platty and joining me once again, one of the go-to guys for the NBA podcast here, good buddy of mine, Max. Max, how are you doing on Uh, this entertaining NBA Finals? Oh, you know, I'm doing great. It's entertaining for me because I'm looking like Nostradamus right now, or (laughs) Maxadamus or whatever it is, so... I'm doing awesome. <laughs> oh, nice hip-hop reference there, Max. So Thank you. My, my hip-hop fans will appreciate that one. All right, so um, we're going to just dive into it, man. Cavs-Warriors were two games apart. And I want to put a disclaimer, though, before we jump into that. And that is that, fans, at the time we are currently recording this, and this will probably be up before this issue is resolved, but I recorded an amazing, amazing NBA Finals preview podcast that was going to be a two-part podcast with Noel Hoffman on what the Cavs had to do to win and then with uh, Rob Lopez of of Def Pen of the editor the chief editor of the sports section of Def Pen which is a great which is a great aggregate I highly recommend them they put out a lot of great content and um, so anyways basically he was talking on from the perspective of what the Warriors have to do to win. So it's going to be a nice little thing coming into the series, a nice little podcast of what each team had to do to win. And unfortunately, I've had a lot of recording and editing issues. Uh, I was using a new software, and 
Um, it led to some issues. So unfortunately, the podcast is not still up. And I know that, you know, being game two and game three with game three being tomorrow, we're recording this uh, Tuesday night with game three being tomorrow night. It's like I hope to have it up by then. But if not, I do plan on putting it up still because even though even though, you know, we're past the point of a series preview, I still think that a lot of what we said had a lot of validity to it. And on top of that, I think it was it was a really great podcast. It was a really fun podcast. It had some just some great, great NBA content. And um, it'll be and, and it's interesting if you look back and listen back to it. You can you'll be able to see that a lot of the things that we talked about actually have transpired in this series. So um, unfortunately, like I said, um, my apologies to uh, the fans as well as as well as the guests Rob Lopez and Noel Hoffman who both came on and gave their time for the podcast. I apologize that it's not up and it's not it's not up in the timely manner it was supposed to be. Um, like I said, I was just experiencing a lot of issues with recording software a new recording software that i was adjusting to but um this one this one will go smooth sailing no problems we'll have it up um we'll have it up for you before game three i'm probably gonna upload this tomorrow morning before i go to work so anyways i just want to put that disclaimer in and that apology and that apology issue that apology to the fans and friends of this show so now Strictly Hoop Talk, NBA Finals, we're two games in, Max, the Warriors are winning, and they're winning convincingly, but I just want to start, I just want to start with this, um, you've long been on the Warriors side, you've been adamant on the Warriors side, so I think I know how you're going to answer this question, but let's just start straight up here, and that is, um, and that is the fact that does Cleveland still have a chance in this series? And do they do they even I, I think the, the conversation's changed now to do they even get a game? Do you even see them getting a game or is this a sweep and are we looking at the first sixteen and oh playoff run ever? Uh well I mean I don't want to backtrack but <laughs> or you know but I said I thought they'd be lucky to get a game even before the series. I just saw so many bad matchups that the Warriors had towards the Cavs. I just didn't like anything that the Cavs were bringing when it came against the Warriors. Yeah, they were killing the East, but let's be real. It's the East, and LeBron was playing out of his mind. Now, I'll, I'll give LeBron this. he If he would have been playing like this in 2011 against the Mavs, he would have won that They would have won that series. The Heat would have beat the Mavs that series if he would just be driving, most of his shot in the paint, not settling for outside shots, they would have won that. So he's doing his part. Like, nothing, not taking anything away from LeBron. But, you know, I think he's getting tired. And I think his age is, like, actually catching up to him. Because if you see the last two games, especially game two, I think he only took, I mean, I know it's only, but he only took six shots in the second half when he was dominating that first half. Yeah, he had a triple-double. Yeah, I mean, I understand people saying, like, he needs help, he needs help. It's like, what else does he need? To, you know more help of what it's just it's not like he needs more help it's the the warriors have two of the top three top five players and they have four of the top 20 and some people might argue 15 players in the nba and they just have two players that they that can dribble the ball that can pick that can uh be in pick and roll situations and can play great great defense and i'm not even mentioning clay thompson yet who 
I think it's neat. You know, if I was a like a, a, a guy watching the you know the games, which we are, I would think, oh man, like Clay Thompson is balling on defense, and I don't care about his offensive stats, even though he like picked it up game two. But he is shutting Kyrie down. Even if Kyrie gets twenty, it's a hard twenty, and it's like they they're getting no lanes, they're getting no good looks from from the three point line. So to me, it's more of it's just a bad matchup for anybody in the NBA, let alone the Cavs. So I don't know if I could even see them getting one game, to be honest with you. Yeah, so, um, you know, you raise a lot of interesting points there. And, you know, Clay Thompson, like you said, I'm glad you shot him out because he played fantastic defense. But I got to disagree with you on the LeBron point. To me, it's not a LeBron fatigue thing. It's really not. I think LeBron is fine. Um, I think LeBron is doing what LeBron does. I just think, one, it's the Warriors' defense is so good. Like, the Warriors' defense is even better than last year because Kevin Durant is such a good defender. That's something that's been highly underrated. But, you know, I've I've talked about it as well as you. We've both given Durant praise um, on the podcast before, but now it's kind of being brought to the mainstream attention yep. just how good defensively Kevin Durant truly, truly is. And so with that combination with the fact that um, LeBron's just not getting the help. And, you know, I know you kind of brushed that off, but I think that's the I think that's the big factor of it. I don't think LeBron wants to shoot 30 times, 30 times in a game, 40 times in a game. And I don't and he's I think he's pacing himself because I think he's seen what's around him. And he's looking at this. He's looking at this series and the long term. And he's saying, "I'm not going to over, over exert myself. I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta not shoot the ball. I gotta get these other people going because these other people are struggling. So I have to get them good looks. I have to get, you know, Kevin Love good looks. And they did a great job in Game Two of getting him involved early. And Kevin mm-hmm. Love delivered. Um, Kevin Love's actually played pretty well to my standards so far. I think he's, I think he's been solid. And same with Kyrie. I haven't." You know, they could both play better, but I don't think that they're the reason. I think it's literally outside of the big three. The fact that LeBron is getting absolutely nothing is just killing them. Tristan Thompson's, look, and Zach Lowe said this on his podcast, and I totally agree. And that's, you know, Tristan Thompson is the fourth best player on the Cavs. And the problem is the Warriors' big four, their fourth best player is either Clay or Draymond, depending on how you feel. Yeah. And then and then the Cavs is Tristan Thompson. And Tristan Thompson hasn't shown up while Draymond Green and Clay Thompson have played tremendous. And that's been a huge difference. And you know, I, I agree with that. I think that that's a I think that's a very simple observation, but I think it works. I think that Tristan Thompson has got to be a a huge part of this series. He's got to dominate the glass, he's got to make Cleveland play, he's got to be better on those switches. And one of the things I think is not getting talked about enough is the fact that Steph Curry is now confidently scoring on those switches on Tristan Thompson, where last year when Curry wasn't healthy, Thompson was getting the best of him on those switches from time to time, making difficult sh- making Curry take difficult shots, and uh, it resulted in Curry struggling. And so Thompson was huge last year. He was one of the biggest reasons why the Cavs won because because. It is so valuable, and I can't stress this enough, how valuable it is to have a center that can dominate the glass, 
and also switch out onto guards in a pick and roll or forwards and do an adequate job. Just adequate. Doesn't have to be great, but adequate. And you know what? That was what Tristan Thompson did last year, and that was a huge reason they won. This year, he's not doing either of those things well, and the Cavs are really, really suffering. And also, I think another thing is, we've talked about this before, Max, and um, I'll let you chime in here because I, I forget I forget which way you leaned on this, but um, I talked about how I liked the Cavs bench and I liked their styles and their, their, their versatility on their bench and their depth. But so far, none of these bench players have done anything. Um, so I was curious, were you on the side of you liked Cleveland's bench or were you on the side of where you thought the Warriors had the better bench? I think I was. I think what we ended up talking about was uh, we. I agreed that their their bench was deeper, but I didn't like it. You know, I I, I think I right. said in the final, especially playoffs, your bench becomes seven, eight players, and I'd take the seventh player, eight players that the Warriors have over the the deep bench of the Cavs because let's be like let's be real. I mean, they have four superstars, two could rest, two are, are always going to be playing against each other's bench, and then with the the the, the personnel that the that the Warriors have is such a big advantage, meaning like Iguodala, like we both said, Iguodala healthy, it's just like throw him against LeBron. And we, you know, everybody knows the way to stop LeBron is you have to try to contain him or just keep throwing bodies at him. And that, and for us, and I think what we both agreed on is if when you have Iguodala, if he's even remotely healthy, which he looks like, then you could just have Draymond come off the bench or Draymond start on LeBron or Durant and, and or have Durant play back and, play like a freaking center or a monster on defense like he is and then once Draymond comes off the bench you don't got to slide Durant into LeBron you could just slide Iguodala and that just makes that team that much like that's much dangerous and so I think I went to the uh the Warriors bench just because in the playoffs you know not a lot of players play however I have no idea what happened to the Cavs others other than the big three. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little harder on, on Kyrie, like saying he needs to play better and whatever. I mean, he can only do so much, and that's not me. Let's not take away take anything away from Klay Thompson. I think it's more Klay Thompson's defense than it is Kyrie because last year Kyrie lit him up for 40. I think in Game Five, him and LeBron, I think they each had 40 or something. And I this year Klay is like. He's like, you know what? I think he said it. If I hold them to 20, I'm okay. Like, that's not bad. Uh, you know, because last year they were putting up 30, 40 points. So, from Kyrie's standards, that's how I see it. I'm not seeing it of, like, anybody else's. But uh, Tristan Thompson. I think Rihanna has been featured more in the past two games than Tristan Thompson. Like, where have you been, mm-hmm. dude? Talking about we're going to have a WWE wrestling match in the paint. Like, you are nowhere to be found. Your main objective your main objective, objective to do is to get offensive rebounds. You, you signed for, I don't know how much, $80 million because you're you were one of the best if not the best at offensive rebounds and what offensive rebounds does is create check, second chance points and with second chance points it like everybody's so uh frantic on defense that you don't know where anybody is that's when the threes get launched that's when the runs get made that's when that you know that extra energy or whatever it is gets gets like brought into the building or the momentum and he's nowhere to be found and i'm and i don't know what it is it's 
you would think they would have an advantage because we both said you got to attack the paint. And you know what? They've been doing that too, right? They've been feeding the ball to Kevin Love, which I thought was great in the first quarter in the past two games. And remember, they got Draymond Green in foul trouble. So that so that's what we, we both agreed. Like, if you just attack the paint, try to get one of those guys in foul trouble, then, you know, you have a chance. But... I think, I don't know if they just go away from it or if just the Warriors just adjust so good and they stop fouling and they just play everybody one-on-one. It just creates such a big difference for the Cavs and the Warriors in like personnel-wise that once somebody else goes to the bench, it's like you're replacing you know, a, a lesser, better version of Draymond on defense right with Iguodala, and he's no slack. And then you have the, the, the length of Sean Livingston. And then you you could either, you could put a Livingston on a Iman Shumper because his offense isn't gonna it hasn't been there like all year, let alone this series. J.R. Smith is nowhere to be found, and J.R. Smith last year was playing great defense. But I feel like I don't know if it's if it's more telling now. Do you think that like you said, Steph Curry wasn't healthy last year? Do you think it's more telling now that Curry is healthy? Maybe that's what people. Maybe that's what the underlining is of like how great the Cavs looked defensively against Curry last year. And I starting to think. You know, maybe that's that's what it is because now they're getting lit up like we like we thought they would be, right? Because we said we're gonna pick the Cavs in the East because what? Even though we're not big on their defense, they're gonna blow everybody out because their offense is that good. But I once coming into the finals, I said, listen, everybody stresses the pain about Bogut not being there, about they got you know they lost this this and that, and they're not as big in the pain. I said, well, hold on. One of the one of the big factors is they got better defensively, and I don't know how. And I I like how you brought up Durant because everybody texts me like, dude, when did Durant become this good at defense? Like he's playing defense like crazy, and I'm like, he's always been like an, a good defensive player. Last year, if people don't remember it, all they remember is a three and one, right? They don't remember what happened against the Spurs when he actually like deed up Kawhi Leonard, who arguably is maybe the best player in the NBA. If you want to like throw that argument out. But, like, now he's at, on a team that could actually, like, play team defense, too. And it made, it showed what kind of athlete he is. What having a seven-foot, well, I don't know how long his wingspan is, almost eight feet or whatever, that kind, type of dude, you know, on your team, how great defensively he is. So I just, I just think, like, in the finals, you need to have your core players, like you brought up, the Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert, those first two guys off the bench or three guys off the bench come out and play because it's just not, you're not going to go deeper. Like, who else do they have to bring up? I mean, they're, they're playing Richard Trevison. Isn't he like 39 or whatever, 38? So, I don't know. I I, I just think that in the, in the playoffs, like you said, even though the, those big three are playing, they have to get some uh, some more from the others. So, I I, yeah. I I tend to agree with like to me I what I said about the Warriors bench compared to the Cavs deep bench. Yeah, well you know you say you said a lot of things there that tied in a lot of interesting points and so uh, one of the things circling back to the bench and this is why I think circling back to the very original question that we started the show with is does Cleveland have a chance? That's kind of the underlining theme of the podcast, right? Is, yeah. Does Cleveland have any shot at actually? making this a series um and so one of the reasons i still say maybe not to the series but as this is why i'm still in the camp that cleveland will find a way to get a game you know uh when when the series first started i said there's no way um before the series started i should say 
there was I would say I I said there was like there was no way that LeBron is going to get swept like this LeBron no you know 2011 LeBron sure 2007 LeBron sure but not this LeBron James and um you know and now I'll say look I see it I see it as a possibility I know a lot of people are are saying that just because they're caught in the hype of the Warriors and they're and you know they love to make everyone loves to make hot takes especially when they have a good feeling that they're going to be right even though and and they'll, they'll get the credit for that hot take but one of the reasons I think that the the Cavs still have a chance is because of how horrible the bench has played. Like truly, outside of the big three, the bench truly couldn't have played worse these three games, and or sorry, two games. And going into game three, I think I think I saw a lot of positives from going into game three. I expect the Cavs to have a much better bench because bench and role players and. You know, you know this, Max. You know the old saying: bench and role players just play better at home. They do. Yeah. They feed off the energy. And Oracle is one of the hardest places places to play. No matter how many years of experience, no matter if you did it last year or whatever, Oracle is just straight up very, very hard to play. And so, you know, that's that's an underlying that's an underlying issue that I think isn't really getting brought up too much uh the the credit that the oracle receives is what should receive and so i think that the bench will play better and look one of the things i took away and this was a positive for cleveland is that you know what a lot of these games the warriors had yes the warriors if you look at the final scores it looks ugly but you know what the Cavs did weather and they showed the ability to weather a lot of these golden state storms because Golden State in this series has just been games one and two. They've just scored in spurts, and they've just had these runs where you're like, "Wow, I I can't believe that just happened." It was they were down five, and now they're up fifteen, and and in the blink of an eye, and so or or a two point lead or a five point lead goes to like a nineteen point lead in a minute and a half, two minutes. They just blitz you with this scoring, but the Cavs showed a lot of resilience in these two games as far as weathering these storms and it was really it was just it came to a point where my break, my takeaway was that the Cavs were weathering this the storms and then eventually by the third and the fourth quarter it just became too much it just was like you can only weather a storm so many times is is kind of the feeling i got with this Cavs team it's like it's like they're trying their best to survive, to weather these storms but you can only do it so many times before you just break and give in and that's kind of what it seemed like, but you know the fact that they that they have shown the ability to weather so many storms gives me hope that they can that they can make this competitive. That between that and the fact that their bench really can't play worse, and the fact that they bench will play better just simply for the fact that they're at they're at home, and LeBron will play better because LeBron will be more motivated. Not I shouldn't say more motivated, but you know, you you do get that extra sense of adrenaline when you're da- when you're facing the 3 deficit, and same with Kyrie, same with Love. So I think that the Cavs, I'm not predicting that they'll get Game Three or Four, um, but I I I'm still holding on to the hope that I pick, I picked Warriors in six. It looks like I'm gonna be wrong, but I still think <laughs> that the Warriors get 
or the Cavs, sorry, get one, um, at least one game. I mean, Max, uh, how do you feel about what I've just said? Do you, do you think I'm do you think I'm out of bounds here with these with these remarks or no? No, I mean, I was just gonna ask you, like, have, did you see anything in game two that made you feel that you you know they can get game they can get one game? Because as much as like I agree with what you said, because there was times I think in the second quarter and early third where I said, wow, you know what, maybe the Cavs could do this. And then I look, and then I think about how sloppy the, the Warriors played in the last eight minutes of the second quarter with, like, live ball turnovers, which, and, you know, in any NBA game, the worst turnovers are live ball turnovers. You can have 20 turnovers. If they're not live ball turnovers, then, I, then that's okay. But once you start having those live ball turnovers, which leads to fast breaks, which leads to dunks, which leads to free throws or whatever, then that's when you get in trouble. And that's what the Warriors did. So, I, I think I like I I think I drank the Cavs Kool Aid just for a second and then I and then like once the third quarter started I said, yep it was it was them like the Warriors being really uh, lackadaisical and sloppy with the ball so I I want to, like I, I it's just I don't know they 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 show they show you life right they show you what you know right. that they're dunking on people and they show you they're going inside and Kevin Love is doing this and Kyrie is doing this thing and then all of a sudden it's like they're down twenty they lose by twenty and you're like. What like how <laughs> you know like what yeah. happened? So it's it's I, I I find it hard to trust this team just based off that they can't match up defensively. I mean the the pick and rolls are just killing them. And, and I think I, I I don't know who said it. I I heard it or read it. Or they're like you know it's not like it's, I think Tristan Thompson could still do a good job on Durant. Like who like put down the pipe, dude? Like what are you smoking? What do you mean against the? I mean uh, I'm sorry against Durant. Like on the switch, I'm like. You still think Durant or Tristan Thompson could keep up with Durant? Like how? Like where do you see that? I, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't see that. Like if they do the pick and roll, Durant's gonna eat him alive. And if they and unless something gets changed, like Durant's been doing work on LeBron James too. So I just I, I don't see it. I don't see like if LeBron is playing. Uh, I, I think maybe LeBron's gonna have to just live with. Uh, I'm gonna guard Draymond Green. I'm gonna give Green those threes. If Green makes it, tip your hat off. If Green doesn't, then I'm gonna play free safety, and I think that's what they should do. And I, I heard, um, I read that they're they're thinking of starting Iman Shumpert instead of Jr. Maybe that can give him an, a a big boost, or like he could just uh, rely on just chasing stuff around. But I just I don't know. I I don't I don't see I don't see I want to see it, but I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and say I see it. I don't because honestly I I just don't I don't see how they can do it. Hmm. All right, so yeah. Um, the, the whole Shumpert thing and J.R. Smith thing, I guess what Ty Lewis said that is that he's still going to start J.R. Smith. I think that's the right move because I think J.R. Smith has, when he's playing, he has a, when he's playing well, is a much higher ceiling and a much better player than Iman Shumpert. Although Iman has done some things defensively, the Warriors are just going to, if you give, if you give Iman Shumpert or if you put Iman Shumpert in the starting lineup, rather, you give the Warriors, you give the Warriors an extra defender essentially because they're not going to guard Iman, and that's just going to make it so much harder on Kyrie, LeBron, and Love, right. especially Kyrie and LeBron, and that's going to be that's just going to make things so much harder offensively where they're where they're struggling. Now I get that the the issue is is defensively with Golden State, so it's. It's a catch. It's a catch twenty-two because, yes, Eman can do some things defensively, but 
the fact, but he, he, to me, he's not worth it because yeah. one, he just straight up looked exhausted by the end of the game, and he mm-hmm. only played like twenty minutes, and so that was one thing. And the second thing is that you, like I said, when you when you throw Iman Shumpert out there, he can't shoot. That gives the Warriors an extra defender because they can play free safety off of off of uh, off of Iman. And yeah. that will just make things way harder for LeBron and Kyrie. So I, I, just, I say you start J.R. Smith because he has a higher ceiling. Right. And because J.R. Smith also has, I don't want to say an ego per se, but I think he's the type of player that when you start him versus, uh, or when you demote his role, that can affect his play. Yeah, uh, actually, that's a good that's a good point because he used to be the sixth man, but like you said, that was his like uh, that was his role. So he knew like I'm coming in here, I'm gonna launch it, and now he's been the starter, and he's been like oh shirt off party, Jr. Smith. So people have been like he's been riding this high for the last year, year and a half. He got paid, so now if you demote him. Is he gonna be okay with it? Um, you know what they need to do is get get in the lab. Go grab Iman Shumper. Go grab Kyle Corver and just put them together and get another Clay Thompson. Because <laughs> they really, like you said, as much as you you want to have an, an extra defender, all they're gonna do is they're just gonna hide Steph on on Shumper on on uh, on defense. And to me, I think Kyrie's Kyrie is. I think he has to guard what Clay Thompson, right? And Clay Thompson's running around. See, Clay is the kind of guy. Where if you play basketball against, he's the guy that runs off screens, that is running like curls, that's running baseline, and I mean basketball. I'm sure we have a lot of basketball fans who play basketball. That shit tires you out. It really does. Right. And you're on defense, and you're like, oh my god, stop running, dude. Like, you always want to guard that person that just wants to stand still or whatever in, in a pickup game, right? The one person that runs just kills you, and then you have to rest on offense or whatever. So maybe th- that that could also have an effect on Kyrie, whether he's guarding Steph or or Clay. They're running around like freaking, you know, like rascals. So I believe that is such a big burden on Kyrie that now even if you put Shumpert on 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 Steph, Clay's still going to be running around, and then that just like makes makes them even more tired. So. You need to have like a like a balance, you know. Like as much as everyone could say, well, Clay does that, but Clay is a shooter. You can't leave Clay open. Shumper isn't a shooter. You can't leave him open. You know what I mean? Like even if Clay, right. even if Clay is running around with Kyrie, all Clay has to do is just stand there or come off a screen and hit a shot. He's not. He doesn't have to create as much as Kyrie and exhort more energy, and you know, do what Kyrie does best. So. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think they shouldn't go to Iman. I don't know how that's gonna help them out. Like, is he gonna stop Steph? Is that what you is that what you're depending on? Or I guess like his energy. I'm doing air quotes right now if you don't see and I don't know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Energy's not gonna like affect Steph's shooting, you know what I mean? If if Steph and K D are are still gonna play like this, you could throw like all the energy in the world at him. It's not gonna make him, you know, miss a shot. Cause Steph could pull up from 30 and KD could pull up from 30. There's just nothing you can do. If they're hitting it, you're not going to win the game, right? What are you going to do? Like, uh, pick up half court on them? All they're going to do is pass, pick, and, and cut. And, you know, you're going to go back to game one with layups and transition. So 
I mean, I agree with you. I, I agree with everything he said about the JR and Iman Shumpert. But who knows? Maybe they got to do something different. Yeah. And, you know, I, I expect them to come out with JR Smith in game three. Like Tyloo already said, I don't think he's hiding anything. I don't think he's got a trick up his sleeve. I think that's genuinely the right move because when JR Smith is engaged, he can be a good defensive player as well as a good scorer. And so when you combine those two things together, then Cleveland all of a sudden becomes, uh, or sorry, he beca- J.R. Smith rather becomes a much bigger threat than Iman Shumpert ever could become um, because we know Iman Shumpert's not going to be a scorer no matter how good of a defender he is. Um, he's just not going to be a scorer. Right. And so, and so, so that creates that creates a problem. And also I think that Curry as a free safety is interesting because of the way he can run around and, and grab steals, play passing lanes and stuff. So I think that would actually be an interesting wrinkle that the Warriors could throw in their defense, having Curry just come down, dig dig on Kevin Love when he gets the ball, or um or just kind of playing passing lanes and and um kind of making playing some help side defense, uh step in for um strips and everything when when LeBron's attacking the basket and such. So I think that could actually be an, a nice uh, defensive wrinkle that Golden State has, a nice option that they have. And uh, But anyways, moving off, moving off of that, I just wanted to talk about the fact that Durant's, Durant's scoring and Durant's playing in amazing finals. He's playing both great defensively and offensively. Uh, but Max... I know you're not in this camp, right? Like you're not in the camp right now that's talking about having the conversation of if Durant's the best player in the NBA, right? Like you're not. <laughs> no, um, you know I, you know how I like I'm a big Kawhi fan. Like I, yeah. Even though I didn't think I, I also thought they they the Spurs would get swept, not because of Kawhi. I was getting proven wrong that first game, and then I was proven right about my love for Kawhi um, being like. If I said the best player in the NBA and people are saying you're crazy, there's still LeBron. I was like, I mean, I mean, I understand that, but yeah, no, I don't think Durant is the best is the best player in in the NBA. I don't, I can't like, I'm not, I'm not a kind of person that's stuck, you know, in the moment. I understand he's balling. He's probably like, I've I've always I've always said because I live in Northern California in the Bay Area, I can't stand Warrior fans. So Warrior fans, if you're <laughs> listening to this, I can't stand you guys. Because last year they were talking so much ish about Kevin Durant and about how Steph Curry is if I it was better than Durant and I'm like let's hold like let's let's hold it he had a good season but I don't know if he's better and I love Curry but I think the Warrior fans don't deserve Kevin Durant because they don't understand how good Kevin Durant is and I think if you actually talk to real Warrior fans they still like dismiss him which is so weird right like I had like some people tell me like oh I wish he never came like. Why? Because oh, it just made everything so much easier. You do the, people do know if Durant wasn't on the Warriors, I don't think they'd be winning the series at all. I that's my main reason of the the Warriors winning the entire thing is because when he signed last Fourth of July, I said just pencil the Warriors in for the championship. No one's going to beat them. Even everybody go and then like the whole like chemistry bullshit, right? Like oh, is he going to make the team worse? It's Kevin Durant. So is he the best player in the NBA? Uh, no. Because he needs to, like, show this consistency with offense and defense. Just don't show me, like, for playoffs or the year. And um, I think it's 
also the on defensively even though like I think he is a great defender I think he's becoming an amazing defender because of the system that they're in don't you know don't throw don't throw away Draymond Green don't throw away Iguodala you know even though that you when they go small ball you still got a seven footer in Durant those guys perimeter helps tremendously that you don't have to double and Durant could like uh, play down low and block shots or doesn't have to do much on the perimeter I think that I don't see I have a hard time with it because people will say well Kawhi didn't do whatever but like people don't understand Kawhi well the reason I'm a big fan of Kawhi is because I never saw anybody check LeBron like Kawhi did one-on-one when the Spurs beat them down in five games right when I saw that I was like oh man this dude is gonna be the real deal so I just think that LeBron's still getting his way so as much as great defense as Kevin Durant is doing and as offensively as he is even though I was trolling fans because I can't stand Paul Pierce because he's Celtic and he's one of the most overrated players when he said that I was being a troll and say oh I agree with the liar Paul Pierce but I don't so <laughs> I don't I'm not in that camp all right, well, there you have it. A Max answer with tons of shade. Hashtag Petty Max. <laughs> I know. I mean, look, I just, I, I didn't want to be like a hater or anything, but I mean, I'll be real. I can't stand Paul Pierce, and I'm not the biggest LeBron fan, but like, I'm also, I, I, I try to be a realist, right? Like, just because I don't really like you does not mean I'm not going to respect you. I used to have this argument with people about Kobe, right? People used to tell me, like, Kobe sucks, Kobe this, and I'm like, dude, like, Kobe doesn't suck. Like, I watched him play at Madison Square Garden, and then I realized why I'm nowhere even near basketball as these pros, right? So I, it's you have to respect some people. I understand the hate for LeBron, but you got to respect him, man. <laughs> yeah. Bottom the, line, let's uh, stop this. Let's stop this conversation. Like, yeah. LeBron <laughs> is the best player in the league. There is no question. He shut that down last year. He's had an amazing year this year. LeBron is LeBron. You put Kawhi on this on this Cavs team, oh, or you put Kevin, Dur- or you put, or you flip Kevin Durant, and LeBron James. This series is not any different for the Cavs. Anyway, right. like if you if you if you swapped Kevin Durant with LeBron James, is are the are the Cavs really any better? No, they're not, because the Warriors with LeBron James in that system. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with LeBron, swap, with those kinds of options to pass. Oh yeah, it'd be crazy. Plus, they it, plus you don't have to switch like uh, a defensive player for a Kyle Korver who shoots threes because you have that in a Clay Thompson all, at all time, right? You don't all have to substitute. One, yes. Yeah, all in one. You don't got to substitute. I mean, I love Durant, so I'm not trying to hate on him. But like, put Kawhi in that system. Are you kidding me? Who would score? If yeah. you put t- okay, so just just because we're playing ifs, right? If you put Kawhi with the Warriors and then took Durant and put him on the Cavs, do you still would you pick the Warriors or the Cavs in your opinion? I'd I'd probably take the Warriors just because of like how great defensively Kawhi is one on one. Because he would sit there and he doesn't need help. He'll be like, I'll I'll guard you, LeBron James. Then you have Durant, and then you have Draymond checking Durant. And I'm not saying he's gonna check him, but to me. Like, I think, boy, just because you're in the finals, see, I hate when people do this. Because you're in the finals does not, like, regulate or eliminate everybody else out there. You know what I mean? Like, Kawhi just got hurt up 20-something against these same Warriors. How can you how can you brush, brush him off, too, all of a sudden? Like, oh, no, it's Durant. 
oh well LeBron of course it's LeBron yeah. but you know what I mean like can't can't throw love for Kawhi so I don't know I just I just think it's it was to me when Durant signed it was to me the most two feared players I thought to, to be playing with each other would be Durant and Curry because of how deep they can shoot the ball how they can play inside out they're passing with that team that's why I thought this team would be like amazing those two players are such a disadvantage I think I tweeted like in 2016 about this and then I said even if Clay and Draymond weren't on the Warriors I would still be like taking the Warriors to go far in the West if it was just Durant and Curry because of how great they are offensively and how they can uh, spread the floor but let's let's stop a little bit let me let me get another year of Durant you know what I mean <laughs> let me let right. me see him do this consistently yeah I I agree with you so moving moving on um because i want to hit some quick points before we before we get out of here um and one of the things that i want to hit and uh, is that the fact that the warriors let's assume that the warriors do everything holds true in the warriors sweep sweep and so with that being said max i want to i want to ask you a two-part question first part is about the Warriors and that is and the NBA in general is this season has have the Warriors made this season a lost season just a simply unentertaining and boring season by the fact that they have dominated from October to June and uh, so that's the first part of the question and the second part of the question is just how does does Cleveland if if the sweep holds true or or a dominating five game gentleman sweep um does does the do the Cavs decide to blow the blow things up okay the, the first question um I don't know if you'd call it a lost season because I feel like you have to hit on the other teams too like the east was horrible too it's just this year, for some reason, just the NBA playoffs overall, it was just horrible. So I can't, and I and I don't blame the the Warriors just for that, right? They're one team. One player went from one team to the other. Where was all the other teams and all the other series, right? Like, it was, it just was bad basketball. So I don't think it was a lost season. I actually enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was very entertaining. I thought the NBA has... It's going to be has a bright future. There's a lot of young studs in the NBA. And I was very disappointed in the team and the Timberwolves, who I think they're, are going to be up and coming, and they're young. So I don't think it was a lost season. I think it was a very uh, interesting, very, you know, I'm all for super teams. <laughs> I like it because, let's be real, it's all the NBA is always the same two teams, right? Like, it's always uh, chalk, I guess, if you say it's predictable, um, the only unpredictable thing that would have happened last year if the if the Thunder would have held on to that three one lead, right? And they didn't. So I, I I don't think it's a lost season. As for the Cavs, like what do you blow up? <laughs> like, you know, like who do you get who do you go after? They're so like I mean, do you get a two way player like a clay? Like who's out there for them to get? Do you try to trade Kyrie? Like who would who would you go for? I mean, do maybe bring in a Dwayne Wade if you I mean he's older, so I don't know how that's gonna help. Uh, try to the the mellow Kevin Love thing again. Um, if you want to blow it up, do you do you, what route do you go? Because 
they did get to the they did walk through the east right they lost one game which was a fluke game so I, I honestly they're not like the clippers see the clippers i always say blow them up right they you know whatever that's just dysfunctional team but like i understand what you're saying about do you blow them up because they got destroyed by the warriors like this but how long can the warriors keep this up with all the with with the guys coming under contract now right because draymond i think only has two more years after this and clay i think has two or three years and a lot of people have been speculating that clay's probably not is going to be out in, in two or three years either through trade or he's going to sign a big contract because you can't have four thirty million plus players on the team i mean you can if you want to buy like if you want to pay ridiculous tax so um i, I Kyrie's too young um you can look at the Kevin Love situation again, but Kevin Love's actually he's he's getting twenty something and I think fifteen, so I, I don't know. I I, really, I wouldn't blow him up. Yeah, um, I'm with you for both parts. One, I don't think this was a lost season. I think it was a fun season. We had the regular season was highly entertaining, had a lot of great moments. Um, you know, the Russell Westbrook triple double chase, although it got very annoying, it yeah. was interesting. Um, James Harden, we saw all these amazing, just unreal video game stat lines throughout the entire season. Anthony Davis, um, we seen, we got to see the Warriors, uh, Curry and Durant, and you know the playoffs have been boring, but you know what? The dominance of the Cavs and the Warriors have both been, ha- have been very entertaining. Outside, uh, so I agree. The port, the playoffs, sorry, overall have been boring, but. As far as as far as those two teams go, those two teams, their domination has fascinated me and interests me, and I'm caught up in the storyline of seeing the Golden State Warriors potentially go 16 and 0 and beat a team that was 12 and 1 heading into the finals. Right. Uh, very. So all all those things make it very interesting. So I don't think it was a lost season by any means. And moving forward, I agree with you. The Cavs should not blow it up. Blow it up. They should stay true. They should retool some bench pieces because they do have some older pieces that I don't know how much longer they'll last. Dwayne Wade is a likely option out there, I think, for a veteran for a veteran minimum or whatever. I don't know what Dwayne Wade's going to want. but um, and, and you're right. I don't know how he fits against a team like Golden State um, or what he really has to offer. In, in that but I think I think if you could get a guy like Dwayne Wade you can get you should like, you can always find he's at the very least a rotation player like Dwayne yeah. Wade is Dwayne Wade he's still he's still really good so um so I I, I see them I see them going after Wade in the offseason but um again depend on how much Wade wants depends on what they have to do to get him and um then some interesting things they got to figure out what they're going to do with right. guys like Channing Fry, Kyle Korver, all these things. So I think those are Darren Williams, all these things. So I think there are some revolving door rotational pieces that the Cavs have, just like the Warriors. And like you said, there's a lot that can go wrong with the Warriors with as far as the cap, the cap goes, the um, and the player contracts. Durant's already said, or it's been reported that Durant is willing to take a max or not a max. Um, He's willing to take a pay cut in order to keep the team intact, and we'll see if the rest of the team follows suit with that. If Clay, if Clay does follow suit with that, if Draymond does follow suit with that, if how much does Iguodala want? How much does Livingston want? Because these guys could get good money from uh, from young teams that just want veterans, 
you know, or playoff teams that want to get a little bit better. Um, they could throw some. They could throw some huge money at those kind of guys, and um, I could see that. I could see that happening. But I don't know if I don't know if they'll leave. I don't know what. So the Warriors have a lot of interesting situation players. Um, then plus you got almost your whole front line is a free agent. You got David West, Zaza Pachulia, JaVale McGee. Now all those guys are interchangeable, I think, for the Warriors. But yeah. again, still these are all things that kind of build off one another and can potentially be problems down the line. And so, uh, and we're not even talking about the fact that, look, not to be cynical, but Curry and Durant both have injury histories. Yeah. And so I think that, I think that with, with that being said, you know, all it takes is, look, could you uh, imagine just taking this same team, but taking out Kevin Durant or taking out Steph Curry, one of those two, just imagine how different this series could be like like not not putting them on the Cavs but just straight up taking them out of the series like taking Durant out of the series the Warriors are still damn good that's very true right and they would still be damn good if if you took out Curry and kept Durant but at the same time that's a very beatable team if you're Cleveland with this roster you know oh, yeah so, yeah you don't have to like chase one or the other so yeah, exactly, and you can focus in on one, and you know, and, and every everything just becomes so much easier if you take out one of those two guys. So let's say Curry goes down with another ankle or knee injury, Durant goes down with another foot injury or something. Look, things can happen, people. That's why I've always been in the camp. If you have a team that's good, and I don't, ju- and you know, part of this is me being a selfish basketball fan, wanting the best basketball, by saying go for it. And, and promoting teams to and encouraging teams to be the best they can possibly be at all times but part of that is the door you just never know when that door is going to be open that's why i was happy that toronto took that shot yeah they got wrecked by the Cavs, but you know what i'm glad they took that shot because you know what had lebron tweaked an ankle or you know or had the Cavs just straight up never had that switch and and the regular season Cavs was what they were in the playoffs, Toronto yeah. would be in the finals. Can and I can I make a point so, about that real quick too? Yeah, go ahead. You know, average fans or or average Joes or whatever, when they say like, "Oh, Toronto got Reynolds," like, do you understand what is a twenty seventh pick in the NBA draft going to do for them, or a twenty something pick? Like, I don't think I think people need to realize like, it's it, when you find a diamond in the rough, like a Draymond in the second round, Tony Parker or whatever, or Kawhi Leonard late. That's a once in like every three years thing. So when people complain about that, it's like, oh, they gave up a draft pick. No, they didn't give up like a lottery pick. They gave up a, a pick in the late teens, early twenties, who who's probably not going to be a rotation player. So yeah, no, I'm with you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're good. You're good. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that's a perfect point, and I agree with that analogy. And you know. Uh, I am one that values draft picks, though, because if you have a good scouting department, you can find those diamond in the roughs more likely than other teams. Like, we see San Antonio pretty much hit year after year, but you know what? You're right. And at the end of the day, you know, had things gone a different way, Toronto could be in the finals. And and who knows? Maybe maybe in this alternate universe where the Cavs never got better, Durant also got injured. And then all of a sudden, Toronto has a shot at the title. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like so it's it's very 
it's very sports is why that's why you know as much as we do these podcasts and we write these columns and we do all these crazy predictions and everything we don't actually know the future you never know the future like no like the cleveland title last year was was an anomaly i don't care what any Cavs fan says this is not me just being uh i hate on my i hate cleveland mode but you know that the last year so many things had to happen for the Cavs to win that title yeah and so with and so the Cavs the Cavs winning in that way and things having to break right you know that's that's good the Cavs deserve the credit because you know what they built the team and they said they didn't say uh we're just gonna wait to compete we're just gonna wait till this Warriors dynasty falls out and you know and look it paid dividends. They won a title. And that one title in Cleveland is going to be worth everything because the mm-hmm. way they did it, the way the way everything happened, Cleveland, that's something that no one can ever take away from Cleveland, and that's going to be probably the greatest moment in the history of Cleveland sports pretty much forever in time. The perfect story. And so... You know, that's why that's why you play these sports. That's why we play these games. That's why we don't just look at the rosters on paper and say, okay, this team advances. This is why we play these games. So to end the podcast, the Cavs have hope. That's why I'm telling that's why I'm tying it back in by I'm tying it back in by saying the Cavs too have hope. Just play the games. The role players are gonna play better at home. I still predict that the Cavs aren't gonna get one game. So my original predicts prediction was Warriors and Six, but I'm sticking but um, I'm not sticking with it, but I'm sticking with the fact that Cleveland will still win a game. So I'm going Warriors in five. Um, I don't know which game it will be, game three or four. I'll give you myself as much wiggle room as possible. <laughs> Max, Max um, are, you going you better, with the, are you going with the sweep? Yeah, you better hope it's game three. Because if, th- if they lose game three... The Warriors aren't going to come out and be flat game four after what happened last year. They're going to come out and end it game four. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the sweep still. Um, I was I was on the sweep bandwagon, and um, I don't know. My mentions were have been quiet, so shout out to the Cavs fans who truly believed that they were going to get swept too. That's why they didn't come after me after the podcast. <laughs> I truly believe that. So uh, yeah, no, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna get swept. I just I don't. I, I, part of me was seeing some signs, but then I thought they were more of uh, bad signs from the Warriors that kept the the the, the Cavs in. So I'm being mm. very disrespectful to the King, which I call the Queen, um, <laughs> and Kyrie and Kevin Love. But I think it's just I don't know how I don't know how you can stop it. I get it. So I get there at home, but. Durant and Curry is just too much, and these guys are on a roll. And I I love what you brought up about uh, that about how the uh, the Cavs championship last year was an anomaly anomaly right because um, Steph slipped against the Rockets and that and and he got and he got injured. Draymond Green got uh, suspended for Game Five, which gave them that win in Game Five. Then you know you win home, you come home and win Game Six. Anything's possible, Game Seven. So, yeah, no, it just uh, maybe you know who knows. Like you said, someone could slip. Uh, you know there could be a, a slippery, a slippery spot in Durant or Draymond or Clay or or Steph. You know, hopefully not, but you know they can slip. So, uh, bar an injury, I'm still gonna go with the sweep. Sorry, Cavs fans. LeBron's going to be 3-6. and six. Jordan forever. 
<laughs> Patty Max returns. Hey, you don't need that apology. Hey, if they if they get swept, Nick Wright, I'm coming after you every single day on Twitter. You and your LeBron love BS. I'm coming. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be a podcast. It wouldn't be a podcast with Max if two things didn't happen. LeBron slash Cleveland shade and Kawhi Kawhi Leonard love slash praise. Yep. It wouldn't be a podcast without either of those two things. Thank you, buddy, for coming on. Go ahead no and um, promote and plug where you're at. Um, harder to on Twitter, H A U T E R, number two. I'm gonna. I'm always on there. I interact with everyone and anyone. I actually had an interaction about uh, a, a trade scenario with, with some dude who I don't think understood salary cap, but. I still interacted, so come on, come on in, Cavs fans. If you guys win a game, you can come out and, and, and come at me and tell me how wrong I was by saying they'd get swept. I'll take it. So yeah, harder two, H A U T E R number two. And that's the handle you need to tweet once the Cavs come back from a three zero deficit. This is oh all just God. a setup. This is all just a setup, Max, for them to outdo themselves. Right. They're just yeah. outdoing themselves. That's all it is. It's a competition. It's a game Cleveland's playing. But yeah, no, these Red um, Sox part two. <laughs> <laughs> and so, thank thank you, Max, for coming on. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty of Strictly Hoop Talk and Strictly Hip Hop. Uh, both podcasts come up weekly, and you can find those podcasts on my Twitter. My Twitter handle is at real Chris Platty. That's real C H R I S P L A T T E. Real Chris Platty. Please follow, and on there you'll find a link to iTunes and Podbean. Um, and so uh, whichever way you you prefer to consume both my hip-hop and Hoop Talk podcast, I got a really, really exciting hip-hop podcast collaboration coming soon. And like I said, I, I do apologize in advance for the, um, for the issues I had recording the podcast with the um, NBA Finals preview. And I will get that up. Um, I don't know how many of you will listen to it because, you know, it's a series and and the series is already underway and everything. So I get that you don't want to listen to a finals preview, but you know what? It was a really good podcast. So I promise I make a promise that I'm going to have it up as soon as I can. Um, just been really busy with work and, and podcasts and keeping up with the NBA, keeping up with all these hip hop releases, everything. Um, just kind of, just kind of staying afloat. So um, I got some things coming for both and the Chris update is coming soon within the next week or two i will deliver an update as far i hope to lock in a release date within the next week or two that i can um that i can share to you guys and um once i lock in that release date i will share it with you on the podcast and also launching on every platform that is going to be done by the end of june um again no release date for when that for when those launches are happening um, I plan on having everything launched the same day, but it might, it might, uh, more than likely, depending on when I can meet with my website designer, and and uh, how we can get everything together, the timeline of it all. I might launch all all the podcasts on all the platforms first for a week or two before launching the actual site. And once the site launches again, ChrisPotty.com will be a one-stop shop. It will have. It will have every way possible to consume my podcast, um, video, audio on every platform. So 
chrisplatty.com will be it will also integrate my twitter and facebook feeds so that fans can stay truly truly up to date with everything that i am doing and everything related to the podcast and that 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 will be a way that that way when you go to that when you go to that uh website you'll be able to consume the content however you want to consume it and i will also have an archive where you can look at everything i've ever done so um again it'll be a one-stop shop for everything for the strictly hip-hop and strictly hoop talk podcast so thanks again max for coming on to talk the uh to talk the nba finals and uh game three tipping off tomorrow at about i think is it 8 p.m or 9 p.m eastern time tomorrow uh it is nine no 8 p.m because it's in the west coast wait you know what no you're right it might be nine because i don't know why they did that that sucks for the east coast people (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyways it's tomorrow evening um check and so check out the game and we'll see we'll see if uh we'll see who's right if if the Cavs go up 3-0 or, or sorry, the Warriors go up 3-0, or if the Cavs get one and try to make this a series. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And once again, thank you, Max, for coming on. I'm sure you'll be back on the podcast soon. Yes, sir.